podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Across the Pond Sports Podcast, part of Across the Pond Sports Network. Don't forget to drop us a rating and review after the episode. Check us out on social media and on our website at atpsports.net. with Natalie White. Uh, Natalie White is the owner and founder of Moolah Kicks, um, a a new shoe brand that is designed specifically for women. Um, Now, as a man, buying basketball shoes as a kid and and obviously growing up, I always just kind of thought, you know, they would make women's basketball shoes as well. They do them for training and running and cross country and all the rest of it so surely they would do that for women as well I didn't think any different um, but turns out they, they don't Natalie and this is something that you're taking the the kind of normal Nikes and Adidas's of the world to task and you're you're coming out with your new your own shoe yeah absolutely so Moolah Kicks was founded last year in 2019 essentially I was at Boston College managing the varsity team and playing club And I had just grown so tired of all of the inequalities that I was seeing within basketball. Women's, you know, how it feels to be a women's basketball player when you walk into the stand, when you walk into a game and you see that the stands are empty, you see that your tickets cost less, and then you also have to walk into stores and see that they don't even make sneakers and gear for you. So I was explaining that I started Moolah Kicks because I wanted to change this. In terms of of going to games because um, I only ever played at an amateur level and never kind of played pro or anything. And we would maybe have like a hundred, maybe 120 people at a game uh, for an amateur game. But then, and I don't know if it was just our club or, or what was going on, but the women's games would get more fans than the men. Um, obviously a lot of kind of, families and stuff would go and watch their sister and whatever else and or maybe even their mum because some of the, the players had mum they had kids and stuff so um obviously at college you don't have that well at least I hope you don't um but what I mean in terms of um walking into an arena because you when you play in college you play in an arena I play in a sports hall so there's there's quite a big difference there <sighs> I mean, obviously we're in a, like in COVID and everything else, so arenas are pretty much empty anyway. But walking into an arena when you're expecting, you know, some fans, that that must kind of deflate you quite quite a bit in terms of thinking, I'm going to play out in front of some fans, we're going to have some noise, they're going to be our sixth person, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think... The biggest is, I totally agree with you, there are some programs across the U.S. that have an insane turnout, which I'm so happy to see. The Louisvilles, the Yukons, the Notre Dames, that their women's program exactly gets a packed stands. And I think it's not really about having more fans than the boys. I think it's more just across the board, seeing that at every level, if the boys' varsity team in high, at high schools, on average, gets 70 people to come out 
then the girls have 10. <laughs> and it's this proportion at every level where there are definitely those powerhouses, but across the board, the women get not even a, a third. It's actually less than a third of the amount of fans that the boys get. So when you walk out into one of those arenas, what's really, it always bothered me. Um, I was a manager on the college for the college team, and it really bothered me to my core to see that people weren't supporting it the way that I wanted them to. But I think what's almost more upsetting is the players are used to it and the players don't even go out there expecting a big crowd. Like it's the normal for them. And that's, that's exactly what Moolah is trying to change because this isn't, this should not be the norm. It should not be the norm that women are paid less, that there's no one in the stands and that we don't have our own sneakers. And when I tell people about Moolah and what we're doing, it almost hits them how wrong it was that we were buying men's shoes for so long and how wrong it is that we don't have a space in this sport. Like until you start to have that conversation, I think we are just told as female athletes that we should be happy to be playing in the arena. We should be happy to be there. Um, and we don't deserve any more than we're given, but as we've seen with a lot of the pushback at the NCAA this year, especially that's just not true because we des we do deserve the same amount. And if you look, if you really zoom out, that's what we're trying to do here with Moolah. We're trying to build something where we're no longer asking a bigger party to however they want to see it to, for them to make space or make changes so that they can have us play on their court. They can make shoes for us this brand is obviously by female ballers for female ballers and it's time we start to carve this space out ourselves yeah definitely and I think like I said right at the top I never really thought about women having to buy basketball shoes like when you go in a store um yeah you, you would see a women's section obviously I never went in it because I didn't need to but um but I just, I made the assumption as a man that there would be basketball shoes there. Um, and that's something that is probably inherently wrong with most people, because if you make that assumption, um, then yeah, you're wrong. Um, and I think for me, what needs to kind of be blown out is like the Adidas and Nikes and, and all these companies, they do make shoes for specifically women but for some reason they've left basketball alone and when you see the the uh, the amount that the the WNBA has kind of put out there and advertising everything else getting people to watch the WNBA it's becoming a lot more popular and um, I think especially when they were in the bubble last year it had become really really popular I watched a lot of games I had the league pass and stuff um so the women's game is is getting more popular so it's probably about well it's long overdue that women had their own shoes let's be honest um and designed for them so i'm glad that you're doing that now but going to you and, and to kind of your journey of basketball you said that you're obviously a manager at boston college but how did your basketball journey start i played basketball my whole life so i grew up playing i started playing when i was five years old and then i had played travel and high school ball middle school for my schools for different AAU teams in New York City. So I played for New Heights, Castle, some of the big programs there in the city. And 
you know, we were always given like a ton of gear, which was really nice. Um, given a, definitely, definitely a lot of resources on those teams. And I think there's a lot of good and a lot of bad that comes being a female athlete. Uh, obviously the inequality part being one of the only bad aspects, but it felt really big when we were doing it. It exactly like you said, you know, the WNBA has gotten a lot more popular. Same with college ball. Playing AAU basketball, you really do feel like you're on the same level as the boys. And it's rare to kind of compare yourselves like that, saying, oh, how do we stack up to the boys? We were just, you know, out there playing and we would, some of those games are just incredibly high level. So I played my whole life in travel and then I ended up playing club at Boston College. Um, and now I'll, I'll just play in any league I can find, essentially. You know, once COVID's over, I'm just looking forward to getting back on the court. And that's been a big part of it over the last year, year and a half, yeah. almost. Um, COVID has obviously had a, a major impact. Um, and for you launching a, a shoe brand, um, obviously trying to do that through COVID would have been would have been difficult. But obviously there's a light at the end of the tunnel, there's a vaccine, so that's all good. Um, the shoe itself, um, you, you gave me a glimpse of it last time uh, that we had a chat, but in terms of this there, um, in terms of the shoe itself, um, obviously you have spoken to people and designed it as as a, at for women, so it fits a woman's foot rather than a big chunky Shaquille O'Neal kind of ankle. Exactly. So, how did you go about that process? It's been a really long road, but it's been really rewarding. So I started out not knowing anything about sneakers themselves. I knew I was definitely a sneakerhead. I knew all the models. I knew what I liked, what I didn't. But I was one of those people that I actually didn't know that women's feet were different than men. So when I started my journey, I knew I was shopping in the children's section, the men's section. And what got me into it is because I knew it was socially wrong. And I wanted to fight for the gender equality and the representation in women's basketball. It really started with a much bigger picture. But as I continued to dig in and decide I was going to go full throttle with moolah, I started the process by creating the inside of the sneaker, which is called the sneaker last. So when you're creating a sneaker, the inside, you basically are mimicking a real life person's foot. So naturally it's going to be a woman's foot shape. And when I started doing this, I was talking to a lot of my advisors at the time of how I should be going about this to orthopedians. I talked to the Boston college trainers. I talked actually to a New York Liberty trainer a couple of times. And I really got all of this feedback and I was understanding and researching that here's where I realized women's feet were actually different. And when I realized that, the problem blew up for me because now this isn't a social, a social issue is a huge problem, but on top of that, it's a performance issue. We see so many injuries in women's basketball and yet we're wearing equipment. The only piece of equipment you need for basketball is sneakers and we're wearing sneakers that don't fit us right. So all of a sudden this went from the most important factor, which is the equality piece to this dual equality and enhanced performance. Um, and with that, I started making the sneaker last. So like I said, I consulted all of those experts on exactly mimicking a woman's foot shape. Then I applied that to a basketball model. 
then I was able to do some networking actually with Shaquille O'Neal's designer. So it's funny you, you brought him up, but his designer connected me to the designer for Moolah. His name's Sean Gale. He used to work at L.L. Bean, Timberland. He actually coaches his two daughters in basketball up in Maine for a good AU program up there. He, he helped create the design of the actual sneaker and taking that female foot form and then overlaying what materials, what's the shape going to be. It is really a beyond technical process that I couldn't believe. It's not just a couple of sketches and you're done. Like he knows every angle and aspect of this sneaker to the millimeter. Um, and it's that precise when you're dealing with performance wear. So once we were through with all of the designs, we moved into the production stage where now I continued just to grow my network and ended up talking to some ex Nike people who were able to connect me with a factory overseas. And that's where the sneaker went from the pen and paper design into now this 3D form format that we see here through about, this is what you're looking at on FaceTime. And if you guys are listening on the podcast, you can go to my Instagram and see it, but about 13 rounds of prototypes later, this is what it looks like going through the back and forth. And now actually this month we're testing it for performance. So we're running it through a series of tests in order to see that these shoes are gonna perform at the highest level. We'll make some final tweaks to the interior construction and then they'll be ready to go in May. So, I mean, that all sounds very technical, as you said. Um, and I hope Shaq isn't listening because, you know, it'd be nice to have him on the podcast one time. Um, <laughs> yeah. He'd probably hate me now. Um, I, he's, he's big bones, not fat, sorry. Um, so in terms of reaching out, and obviously you've been able to network quite substantially by the sounds of it. Um, but in terms of you putting in the time, um, bringing Moolah to, to the world effectively, where did the name Moolah come from? Moolah comes from my background uh, from New York City. It really is two meanings there. The slang is a positive street nod to the culture, to a positive nod, excuse me, to the street culture of basketball, because I think street culture often gets a negative rep, but growing up playing in Brooklyn, playing in Harlem, that's what basketball is all about. Like It's all about having that attitude and that personality on the court that comes with street culture so putting slang in our name was a perfect way to demonstrate put a positive spin on that street culture and then money aspect signifies that there just needs to be a greater investment in women's sports it's not a question there needs to be more financial opportunity for female basketball players there needs to be overall just greater investment in every women's sport. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a picture, probably everyone's seen it, a picture of a men's gym and a picture of a women's gym. And uh, yeah, they're, they're substantially different. Um, and if you look at um, Sue Bird made so many dollars um, for winning a, a WNBA championship, um, that was her entire salary for the year, which equated to LeBron James's bonus for winning an NBA mm-hmm. championship. That wasn't even including the what thirty odd million he, he gets, um, which is is crazy when you think yeah. that the WNBA still brings in money. There's still fans in the stands, um, and like you say, some colleges do sell out and and do have a lot of fans. 
Um, and I think for me, I've always I, I've always been a fan of women's basketball. I think our club that we were at, I think that was always kind of the women were always. Um, and, and the girls as well, the, the younger age groups, they've always been included in everything. So it's not just been, oh, this is the men's team, this is who we're looking out for. There has kind of right. been that overarching kind of, and it's totally on purpose that they've done this. Um, and it's great because we've seen women from our team, uh, one, uh, Rose Anderson played in, played in the Olympics in London. Okay. Um, we've got a girl out in the Netherlands um, playing pro. Uh, and we've got a girl at Murray State University. Um, so we've, I've seen that kind of aspect. I've not been involved with it because I, I do coach the, the under 18 men, but I have been witness to how good a good culture can be um, for both sides. And I actually think that if we took the model that our club is going to put and you started to kind of spread that out, that could that could work really really well. You'd get away from this kind of lady team kind of uh, names and stuff because I think uh, we've said it previously on another podcast that that's quite lazy um, uh, of teams. Now, obviously, in America, college basketball is huge and it's the March Madness and everything else going on. In terms of who you're aiming the shoe at, what what kind of age range are you aiming the shoe at? Yeah, well, the the shoe and the brand is for all of women's basketball, mainly the girls who are still playing, who are, tend to be in middle school to high school, because that's the largest group of people that are playing, as you know, when it gets to college, even less play, pro, even less. And in college, they all have the, the school deals, and then pro, they all have sponsorships. So focused mainly on high school, middle school players. But I'm glad you brought that up, because when you think about men's basketball and naming them the lady rocks or whatever lady version of the boys team, you bring up a really interesting point that actually kind of touches on a much larger issue within women's basketball. That is we tend to see men's basketball as the standard and women's basketball as the other. So when we name anything a boys team and then the lady whatever the lady Knicks the lady any team it's essentially creating a JV team for the women um, and having them see the women seem like a branch of the men's and I would argue that this is almost the way all of women's basketball is positioned uh, Muffet McGraw said it regarding the NCAA just the other week that we're, we see Every, the NCAA tournament is positioned like a varsity in a JV tournament, the way they make such a big deal out of the men's and the women's is a step down related to it. What it needs to be is something completely separate. And the only way we can elevate women's basketball is if we're not connecting it to men's and saying, oh, look at the men's, this is the standard. And here's the women's tournament. It's on after it's on when the men aren't playing. Like we always have this method of seeing the men as number one and the women as number two. And what we need to do is separate that. So why moolah or any brand that is solely focused on one thing is so important is because when you do that, for the first time, women's basketball is the number one priority. 
we've never been first place in the basketball world until there's a body that is solely focused on them and is putting them at first place. Um, and, it, and you can only do that by serving that one community because, you know, even if some of these brands were to make a women's sneaker, first of all, like that would be great. There's no one saying they shouldn't make one, but say, I mean, for example, Under Armour just came out with a, a women's sneaker this summer. It was called the Breakthrough. But the problem with it is they come out with one every 10 years and they have men's sneakers. They have bought 10 new models every year. So every five minutes. <laughs> exactly. There's always a new, there's always a new sneaker model with them. So what you're doing with that is you're comparing what they give the women and what they give the men. And that sends a message. So when Under Armour has one sneaker for the women and a 50 for the boys, it's just loud as no one being in the stands for the women's game. And what you need to do is have a brand like Moolah, any brand that's focused only on women's basketball, so that they're, they're second to none for the first time um, in any arena. And that's really what we're looking to do. So we want to elevate women's basketball by separating it and elevating it exactly like you said, this is not a lady Nike. <laughs> this is not you know a lady version of what already exists. This is its own thing in of itself. And so Nike and Adidas and all these all these kind of companies, when they're creating uh, a ladies shoe, if you like, um, are they have they gone into as much detail and planning as you have in terms of actually making sure it, it fits a woman's foot rather than oh we'll just kind of make it a bit thinner or we'll just kind of lop off a couple of layers or something are they actually kind of going through the same kind of process that you're going doing um, or are they kind of half-ass in it is probably the best way to put it yeah no and it's crazy because it's known information about what women's feet are and I think that is one of the pieces of this that makes it so hard to digest that they haven't their their women's shoes are truly women's shoes they are fit for females feet they know exactly what they're doing when it comes to running when it comes to soccer um, when it comes to training or yoga, they have these sneakers that do fit the female foot shape, but no one has cared enough to do it for basketball. And I think that is another really unfortunate aspect to this where the technology isn't something groundbreaking. It's just a group of people that are always overlooked and typically ignored for who they are. So we that's what you need to change these voices that aren't being heard someone needs to come out and stick up for them and give them what they really deserve what they haven't been given in the past and that's what Moolah's going to do um and in terms of kind of nike they, they came out with a, a an article on the undefeated where um i'm going to kill her name but sabrina inuscu um mm -hmm. she has now got a, a headline shoe now that's different from a signature shoe i believe mm -hmm. um but again that's probably not going to be it's probably just going to be a generic type shoe i would imagine yeah so this is what really drives me crazy is they know exactly what they're doing they know exactly what the situation is because like we just talked about they have those women's running shoes and 
when they have Sabrina and Nascau headline something, I think it's awesome to see her face on a sneaker, period. But it needs to be representative of women's basketball. And if you're going to put someone's face on something, it has to fit them right. Um, and this basketball sneaker is just another one. It's not her signature shoe. It's not anything except for a new model that they were going to come out with anyway. And now she's the spokesperson for it. But it's a men's sneaker. And like, I kind of think on that, at least it's not a LeBron, you know, she's not like coming out saying buy this LeBron, but it's very similar to doing that. And I think us as a society, we don't, we haven't been conditioned to see just how wrong that really is that we have these top players in the country, top female players walking around wearing men's sneakers named after men. You, would, you don't see any guy in the NBA wearing the Sue Birds, but I personally think they should. But if we saw that, everyone would probably freak out. There's a few few men's players, I think, that would wholeheartedly wear Sue Birds. Like, I think there's a, there's a few of them out there that would, because she's she has a lot of NBA player fans um, mm-hmm. on her. So um, I can imagine she probably, <laughs> there'd be a few Sue Birds kicking around the NBA. But like you say. As they, as they should. So uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think there's 100% should be, but not across the board. You know, like no. you're oh, not no, going to have. Across the board. Exactly. And, and that's what, that's what we worry about. And it, the other thing is it would be of choice. Um, and these female athletes aren't wearing NBA players shoes because they are fans of the NBA. They're wearing them because there's no other option. And that's a sad thing. And, and like I said before, that's not something that I think most men will, will even consider. They'll just assume that there is a female option there, um, but there's actually not. And that's, that is quite a shame because, or it's not really, because now you're here and you're bringing yeah. your brand, your shoe that is going to fit a woman's foot and or girls and and be able to play and be comfortable um, injuries are a big part of basketball one of my things was I was so scared I was going to twist my ankle like I was so scared I was going to like, every time you felt a wee twinge or anything I used to wear high tops just for the extra yeah. security um, but that that's something I always worried about when women just now are wearing shoes that aren't fitted for them that's got to be even a bigger danger for, for women that are playing or girls that are playing, that their ankles are, are at risk. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started. It's not the ankle. It's the ankle. The foot feeds into your knee, feeds into your leg. And it really, it's, this is why I was saying when I first started Moolah and I realized that women's feet are different than men's, the implications of this is huge. And people not making shoes for women is insane because you know you're putting them at risk for injuring their whole body and we see injuries in women's basketball through the roof we see ACLs we see ankle stuff I mean there's every injury in the book in women's basketball from the waist down and we are so conditioned to blame the female players and say oh well her hip women's hips are really wide so they're prone to injury but I would and fine but I think we should test that too when women are wearing equipment that fits them because until you have until you're wearing shoes that properly support your body the way they need to it's hard to say why exactly the injury was caused yeah because injuries 
I mean, I now I'm having nightmares of like pulling my quad or something now. Um, but because of injuries, that that then has effect on their power to earn as well. Especially mm-hmm. if you're a WNBA player, if you get injured in the WNBA, you might have an overseas contract that you have to fulfill as well. Um, so we've seen some of the biggest players um, go abroad and play. To earn, and some of them earn more money abroad than they do in the WNBA, which bemuses me even more um, because it's easier to watch them play in the NBA. Yeah. Or the WNBA. And I, think, I think at the high school level too, you have to worry about people getting injured because for a lot of girls, college is their shot. Um, playing basketball is their shot at college and kind of making something of themselves. So when they're at risk for injury in high school. I know a lot of my friends growing up, some of them got injured, some of them made it, some of them didn't. Um, And the ones that got injured and didn't make it, I can't tell you how devastating that was to work the first 10 years of their life only to get injured at the end because of whatever the, the case may be, but they got injured at the end and then they missed a recruiting season. They're not going to college anymore. I mean, that that stuff, of course, it earns, it hurts the earning potential of professional players, but injuries can really change the course of someone's life overall. So it's, that's to say, we just need, we need equipment that fits us well. And we also need trainers um, and, and coaches who are understanding that the women's body and the men's body are not, they're nothing but diff- they're just different. You know, you can't take it what a man, you can't take what a woman does and just force it on the men's team. And you can't do the same for the women's team. So you should be doing different strength exercises. You shouldn't be doing the same strength exercises. But what we've done is seen everything that the boys teams do. And then we just copy paste to the women's team and see how well they can do it, even though the the conditions are completely different. So I think that, you know, on a, on a holistic level, if we trained for the female body in terms of strength and conditioning and then outfitted with proper equipment, you would see a huge change in those injury rates. Yeah. And hopefully now that your shoe's on its way, um, we'll we'll start to see that. Now, when does your shoe launch? The sneaker launches this May. So we're a month away from launch. Wow. Just a month away. Um, Now at the moment, obviously the, the, color of the prototype is is plain um but have you got any kind of designs or is this going to be customable customable yeah just making that word we up have so we have an all white colorway and then a colorway that's gray all gray and the reason behind it is because when you shop in the children's section you get really absurd colors you have a bright red a bright pink a bright green And these colors don't necessarily go with all of your uniforms. A lot of the players in high school play on their school team and their travel team. So we want to give them a sneaker that's going to go with both uniforms. Um, I know I was maroon in college and then orange um, at at a club level. So I would, no matter what I'm wearing, if my only option is a red sneaker, it's going to look bad with both maroon and orange. So here we have these nice crisp white sneakers that are going to go with their, any of their uniforms. That's a really good idea. I never actually thought of that as well. Um, especially if you are playing for, for two teams, two different types of uniform or colors, schemes and everything else that, that probably works mm-hmm. quite well. Um, and how can people get their hands on, on a pair? 
So our website, it's moolahkicks.com and it launches this month. And once it launches this month, it's going to be about April 12th. You're able to put your email and join a list so that you're notified once the sneakers are live. Awesome. And yeah. I take it they'll just get a, a link to, to the website exactly. and it'll all be open and exactly. people will be able to... S- and do you have other merchandise? Because I've seen some t-shirts and stuff that look pretty cool. Yeah, so we have these sweatshirts and t-shirts and that'll all be available at the same time that the sneakers drop. So we're going to drop all of our gear, huge launch, all on the same day. And what date is it going to be? May 1st. May 1st. Okay, so May 1st uh, gets into my birthday season. So um, <laughs> maybe I'll uh, get something as well. Um, yeah, but no. something for your birthday. Yeah, exactly. Um, although it's like two weeks after that. But, you know, it's May. It's exactly. I can have a birthday month. Um, that is, honestly, like, I think this is going to, I think this is a game changer in terms of how how women play basketball because if they now have equipment like you said fits then this is this is a game changer and I think this is going to go exceptionally far um and you'll probably be getting some knocks on the door um once you launch I would imagine um because people are gonna people are gonna want to to push this out because and especially you know I know college teams uh, you you told me about this that college teams are all kind of branded by a nike or an adidas or or whoever but um mm-hmm. who, who's to say that maybe boston college doesn't come in and they want to be branded by moolah that would be awesome exactly that is the dream um in terms of moving forward um do you have plans after the launch of this this shoe or are you just solely concentrating on this just now no, once so once we launch and we get funded for however many sneakers, we're looking to have over two thousand orders. So every order definitely counts, um, and we're we're excited to have all of those come in. And once we hit that funding goal, we're looking towards next fall where we're going to do some collabs in the in the works with some other media companies. With some media companies, we're also going to have more merch. We're going to roll out a full store. So this really launches our whole business into a creating more sneakers and then having a website that's up and running with gear that that can be bought you know two-day shipping awesome two days as well wow yeah yeah Um, we have a a good a good warehouse that we're working with and will these shoes be available internationally Yes. So we are, I'm, that's definitely still in the works. You guys will have to check back on the website. I'm pretty sure they will be available internationally, but going to have to check up on that for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Natalie. What we'll do just before we finish off is we always, it's a bit of fun. Um, we always ask first time guests for their top five sports films of all time. Um, so we go from five to one. So you give us your best one last. Um, okay. So what is your number five? Okay. I was going to say, I definitely have a top three. My last Ooh. two, I'm kind of like, you know, whatever for the last two. I would say, I guess, Love and Basketball would be number five. Number okay. four would be Rudy. Number three would be Itania. Number two is Hoosiers. And number one is a nine for nine espn documentary called branded i don't think i've seen that i've seen all the rest um, but i don't think i've seen that last one um i'll have to 
to look that one out on their yeah, it's ESPN. Yeah, it's really well done. Branded. It's very, very good documentary. Um, I shall have to look that out. Um, thank you so much for joining us again, Natalie. Um, we'll try and have you back as well. Um, and we'll yeah, put some that would links, be awesome. We'll put some links up on our website. Um, so if anyone wants to um, get into Moolah on the 12th of April, um, we'll pop a link on our website as well. Um, and we will have you back um, and we'll see how you're getting on. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I was happy to be here. Um, and it's, you know, hopefully we continue to see everything take off. Awesome. We can't wait to see it. And um, I think we'll have to get you back for one of our, we're launching Across the Pond WNBA. Just okay. putting that yeah, out there. I'd love um, to. So we'll have to have you back uh, on there as well. You can tell us about the New York Liberty. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Perfect. It's awesome. a plan. Thanks so much. All right. Have a good one. Thanks. So by now, you'll have seen our website, atpsports.net. You gotta admit, it's pretty awesome. It was brought to you by the team at Data Squared. You can find them on the web at datasq2.co.uk. They're dedicated to bringing the very best in website design with hosting and security. Their aim is to provide you with the very best package you need to help spread the word about your business. Data Squared will design and build a website for you. And they'll build it not just for desktop, but for all devices so you can be seen on the move. Data Squared will help you choose your domain, making sure it's relevant to you and your business. And they'll open up an online store for you. They have the tools so you can keep track of customers, their orders, stock, and much, much more. So why not expand your business online today? with Data Squared. Visit datasq2.co.uk. You've been listening to Across the Pond Sports Podcast, part of Across the Pond Sports Network. Keep checking back for more episodes. Sports Social Podcast Network.